Welcome to the Busy Leaders Podcast, a catalyst for inspired action hosted by Quint Studer. I'm Nicole Webb Bodie, the Chief Impact Officer at Studer Family of Companies. Quint is a businessman, visionary, entrepreneur, and student of leadership. He is the author of 10 books, most recently the Wall Street Journal bestseller, The Busy Leader's Handbook, How to Lead People in Places That Thrive. Quint not only teaches it, he's done it. Quint chats with leaders from all industries and corners of America of how they're tackling the biggest challenges of our time. He showcases his gift for harvesting best practices and simplifying them. You'll often walk away with tactical tools, tips, and leadership hacks that you can apply to your own business, community, and life. Today's guest, Dr. Bob Nelson, is considered the leading advocate for employee recognition and engagement worldwide. He's worked with 80% of the Fortune 500 and presented on six continents. He's been featured in national and international media, including the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNN, CBS 60 Minutes, MSNBC, ABC, PBS, and NPR about how to best motivate today's employees. Dr. Bob has sold over 5 million books, including 1,501 Ways to Reward Employees, the 1,001 Reward and Recognition Field Book, 1,001 Ways to Energize Employees, the Management Bible, Recognizing and Engaging Employees for Dummies, and his latest book, 1,001 Ways to Engage Employees. Please help me welcome the guru of thank you. But first, here's your host, Quint Studer. You know, award recognition is such a vital topic. And one of the things I had to realize is I, I grew up with a couple myths. And one of those myths involved reward and recognition. And one of the things it said was that you should always balance out the positive to the negative. It was only later through research and hearing from other people that I realized that it was wrong. It actually takes three positives to one negative for a person to have a good feeling about the other individual. Two to one is neutral and one to one is negative. The other thing I heard was you separate personal and professional. Now, I understand that you're not a counselor, you're not a social worker, I get that, but it doesn't mean that you can't take an active interest in somebody personally. Now, sometimes that's just showing remorse when something sad has happened to them, but many times it's learning a little bit about them so you can learn how to reward and recognize them. So for example, when I was owner of Studer Group, Uh, we had everybody's favorite candy, favorite flower, favorite music. So I could actually go to my phone and pull up and go a little bit more individualized, what might make a difference to a person. But I was thinking even deeper than that, that sometimes we can underestimate ward and recognition. Working with a hospital years ago, and they had a employee of the month program like many of us do. And one of the employees who got employee of the month, they did this for everyone, Um, was somebody that worked in the organization um, in environmental services, and they were named Employee of the Month. And they got a pin, of course, like many do, but they also did something else. They, They put a box in the cafeteria. They had a nice storyboard about who was that month's Employee of the Month, and they had index cards. So you could write down something about that employee and throw it in an index box or throw it in the ballot box. Um, So what told me was, because this person had been in the hospital a long, long time, was very beloved, when they passed away, one of the executives went to the wake. As he went to the wake of this individual, he um, went up and he looked in the casket. And of course, there was, not of course, but he noticed that the pin, the employee of the month pin was on the lapel. So this gentleman's wife, when getting him ready for burial, had of course decided what was very significant in his life. And there was his employee of the month pin on his suit jacket lapel. The other thing tucked into the casket were all those index cards. 
and he walked out and he realized what a huge impact we make on people's lives. And I've seen this over and over and over again. Last story before we go to Dr. Nelson. I was speaking in a large group, probably 900 to 1,000 people, and I talked about the power of personalized thank you notes. And um, this was a really good organization. It was Memorial Healthcare System in Fort Lauderdale. And they really worked hard on ward recognition. They had a whole system set up where managers um, told the various executives and you know who should get a thank you note, they'd write a thank you note. So I, I just asked, you know, who in the last couple of years has gotten a thank you note? And a lot of hands went up, it was very neat. And so I just said, um, op open question, I just said, to the one of the people in the front row who had raised his hand, I said, what did the thank you note say? And he said, would you like to read it? And then he opened up his folder that with his paper to take notes that obviously he carries with him at work. And there tucked into the sort of the pocket on the left side was the thank you note that he had gotten from his boss. And once again, it hits me how significant that is that, that he brought that with him every day when he went to work. And I can go on and on and on, but you've heard enough about me. Let's hear from a real expert in this. So let's hear from Dr. Bob Nelson. Well, I am so excited to have our guest, Dr. Bob Nelson. I'm gonna call him Dr. Bob for this um, podcast. And we're thrilled that he's gonna be at OptiCon. I've followed his work for years. And um, you know, you've, you've, you've learned from the giants of culture, high performance. I mean, you've just been there and you've been around them and now you're one of those giants. So when you look at over the years you've been doing this, um, Dr. Bob, on recognition, reward, um, employee engagement, um, creating those high performance organizations, what, what have you learned as you look backwards um, the many years you've been touching this topic of reward, recognition, and engagement? I guess one thing that pops out is easier to talk about this stuff than to do it. <laughs> There's so much in any organization. There's so many things that are um, holding them back and anchoring them to the past. And for so many, they can set up a program and then they keep doing it year after year. And do we add 10% or, or minus 10%? But they, they often don't check to say, hey, is it doing what we hoped it would do to begin with? <laughs> and so um, I recently talked to a company and the, the head of leadership uh, for a major corporation and about, you know, what's going on there and, and their breakthroughs. And I was kind of stunned that they said, well, we have, you know, we've been able, it took us like a, a year or two to, 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 to narrow down the, we were using 47 different leadership models. Now we have it focused down to six. Going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's like, so if they're confused and, and they're driving it, you got to think everyone in the organization has no idea. And the, the rule of thumb for a lot of having worked in a few corporations is like, let's see if we hear it about a second time and then we'll take it seriously. You know, we'll start to pay attention, but don't, don't never listen to the first, the first wave. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, we'll see, you know. <laughs> so, so actually making the change is the hardest part and and um you know having a plan that's doable that's baby steps that's, that's systematically moving in the right direction is there's more to it than um you might think i used to laugh we used to try to call it scheduled spontaneity you know these things just don't happen you sort of have to structure the spontaneity and so on and 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 i 
I promised I would, people want to hear from you, not me, but it just hits me early on when I was on my own journey, which I'm still on, is um, I had I had to realize that some of the things that I had heard was not correct. And some of the things I wanted to believe were not correct, but I wanted to believe them because then I would not get into what I'm uncomfortable with. You know, for example, I, I heard this years ago was balance your positives and your negatives. Well, I, I then in research, <laughs> found out, well, that's just not true. If I balance them, they're, they're not going to like me. So you've written a lot of books and that I think to demystify some of the mystification, to address some of the myths, tell people who might not be all that familiar with some of your books about your books. Sure. Well, the, the one I'm probably most known for is called A Thousand One Ways to Reward Employees, which took this simple common sense uh, premise that, hey, thank people when they do a good job for you. And, and uh, that's kind of a common sense notion that most people don't do very much. And I, I had uh, my, my epiphany or my, my fantasy was this created a resource which only had, had no, no theory, no, 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 no charts. It just had real life examples of what this principle looks like and people doing it. And that's what I, I set out to do. I had uh, 28 categories. And so the book, every item in it was an actual practice that someone was doing. I, I tend to boil it down to the essence of here's what they did. And here's what happened. And um, you could pick up the book and open it anywhere and have a usable idea. And if that one doesn't fit for you, just turn the page. And that next one might. You know? So uh, that, that proved to, to have a lot of power to it uh, because uh, instead of getting people confused about the, the theories and whatnot, this just show the, the principle in practice. And that, uh, that I have used that basis for a number of other books. And I've been drawn to uh, simple principles that, that are not widely applied. And, and uh, the research helps to make that happen. Well, what holds people back? I used to joke with people that they must feel there's only so many compliments they can possibly give. And when they run out of them, their career is over because they tend to really hold on and not want to give a lot of compliments. What, what are some of the things that keeps is that they don't believe it works is that they're not comfortable with it. They don't know what to do. I mean, what do you find are some of the things that hold organizations and leaders back from being more open with recognition? I must say that the question that you're, the issue you brought up in terms of, uh, overuse that comes up frequently will mm-hmm. if i if i overuse it will it, it lose its value will it be watered down because i'm praising everybody i go well it would unless you're the way you do it is is very specific that you're you do it in a timely in a specific way for that person for that instance for what they just did if you walk in your 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 department and you say hey everyone's doing a great job keep it up that's not going to mean much to anyone so uh don't don't confuse just just flattery you know with with a specific uh strategic thank you for doing that and and here's why i thought it was such a great job and and here and and you're doing that here's a larger context it shows me you want to be part of the team or shows that you're you're taking our quarterly goals seriously Uh, and and then if, if you you know if you're able to add a at an emotional charge, 
you know, um, do that as well. And, and uh, it means so much to me that, that you took the time to do it right. You know, so that's, uh, that may sound like a lot, but doing, you can do all that in, in 10 seconds, in 15 seconds. You can do it in, in the hallway, you know. So it's, it's realizing that anytime you, you have the power to provide a, a meaningful recognition to people. You know, Mark, Mark Twain used to say, I can live for, for two weeks on a good compliment. And I think it's even larger today, longer today, because in as fast as business is moving, uh, in the, uh, the amount of high tech that's upon us, that we're all spending our, our time on a, on a screen like we are right now. And so the human touch has gotten few and far in between. So you, you've got to make the most of those moments of truth when it comes to your people and, and to catch them doing right, to lead with that, not, not to have a balance between positive and negative. And, and unfortunately, more times than not, I find managers lead with the negative. Let me tell you what you did wrong. You know, let me tell you, we have a policy against that. The customer complained about this. And, and if you're, if you do that, then you're already have lost the, lost the battle. Yeah. Stephen Covey used to say, you know, that you, you talk about the emotional bank account. You got to make deposits before you can make withdrawals. And so you have to, you have to lead with the positive. And then in any relationship, you do that. Now you've got a goodwill where you've shown them through your, your actions and behaviors that you have their best interest at heart. And then uh, they'll be willing to take uh, constructive criticism for, for you. You know, it's, 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 if you've made that case through your behaviors, not through your words, through your behaviors. I, 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 I have a, you know, I worked with Ken Blanchard for 10 years and I was, um, uh, at one point I was kind of his chief of staff. So I spent a lot of time with him and, uh, I'd maximize the time. So I'd, I'd, I'd drive him places and I'd be with him when he's packing to go on trips. I'd be with him when we unpacked from a trip. I remember he, he went on one, it was like a three month trip worldwide. And uh, we, you know, over time, you know, we spent time, he got, got to know each other. I remember him uh, asking about my son, Danny, who was three years old at the time. And, oh, Danny's like obsessed with trains. And yeah, I didn't say much more than that. And here, uh, I'm with Ken. He's going on this three-month trip, and he's packing. I pick him up from the airport afterwards. Come back. He's unpacking from his trip, and I'm, we're catching up and, and whatnot. In the middle of our conversation, Ken Blanchard reaches into his bag. He's got one carry-on bag for this whole trip. I don't know how he did that, but he <laughs> and out of this bag, he pulls out this little uh, hand-carved wooden train for Dan. You know, I, I would have done anything for that guy, and because he systematically yeah. showed that he had my best interests at heart. And that of my family, and that of my career, and at that, at that point, you don't want to go anywhere else because <laughs> because yeah. it's happening here, you know. So it's only one out of four or five managers any of us will have in our career that are like that. That and and once you have one, you think twice about leaving because the next person might be a jerk, probably will be a jerk. <laughs> so you hold on to that person and and you value that relationship, and that mean that translates into going above and beyond and, and, and putting an extra mile and giving it your best shot uh, without being asked and um, because you're, you're in a good place. What about Dr. Bob? Yeah. And you know, it hit me as I'm writing down notes. It's like Dr. Bob's notes. It's timely, specific, connect the dots as much as you can and bring it back to purpose and, and human touch as much as you can in this world of we're living in right now with so much virtuality I'm sure you get a question about, well, gee, how, how can 
what are some ways or tips or your thing finding things are a little bit different in the current environment when it comes to reward recognition and employee engagement? Well, I think we have to harness the power of technology, you know, so, um, and we've got to create more touch points. And, but even, even on something like Zoom, for example, uh, one of the things I, I recommend, you still got to take, you know, I, I just did a, I just did a, um, a call with the conference board and, and they're, they're, you know, high, high powered research center. We have a lot of issues and stuff, but they, they said on our, our call, we're, we're doing a new thing here for every, because everyone's on zoom calls all the time. We're starting off with getting to know each other a little better. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you do and, and what they did is say, so everyone would go around the group here and everyone just tell us what your favorite movie is. You know, it was just a, a fun thing and, you know, some banter and, it gave us a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. And, and so that's, you can do that on a Zoom call or, or you could do um, a praise barrage. A praise, this is an idea I got from the, the uh, city of, of San Diego, their management team, they use this, that, that on uh, every now and then when they have their, on any staff meeting, they do, hey, we're gonna do a praise barrage. And they, and they uh, how it works is you go around to each person in the group Again, it could be in person or it could be on Zoom. And you could say, hey, as I, as I say someone's name, like everyone else to uh, say what you most value about working with that person. Okay, start with Tony. 100% positive comment. Okay, so that, now Mary. And it just the whole thing, the whole activity takes, you know, seven minutes. And I tell you, to have people get real life feedback from those they work with about things that people value about them and their relationship. And, and, and Tony's always... Uh, always quick to bring in the quiet person or Sally's great at, at summarizing whatever they're called out for, they're going to do an even better job that next time. I guarantee. And then, uh, you know, so that you can do that on a zoom call, you know, and, and if next time you're together, just do it with index cards and everyone jot down. Thank you notes. You know, other people, if you get, if you get six or seven, thank you notes, no index cards with people saying, here's what I want to thank you for the time that you put your work aside to help me. Let me tell you that that is both meaningful. It speaks to purpose, but also that, that you're going to get more from that person next time. They're going to be even more anxious to how can I help you, and not like I'm really go away, you know. And so it it, uh, it works, you know, and it works for it works for the person that you give the positive feedback to, but it also works for everyone else that heard you do it, or or got secondhand heard that you did it, uh, because it it gives them the message that this is what gets noticed around here. If you want to stand out, if you want to be a performer, this is what uh, gets noticed. Our core values, our strategic objectives, because that's what we talk about. That's what we reinforce about. You know, Dr. Bob, as I take more notes, I'm saying um, one um, reward, what you recognize gets repeated as, as I thought. Um, and I love your idea. I, somebody either must have heard you because I was on a Zoom call the other day and it started with, if you were going to have a walk-up song, you know how they do baseball players have walk-up songs, what would your walk-up song be? And that's how yeah. we started started the, the meeting. And so it's kind of fun too, isn't it? You don't, you don't have to do the same thing. Well, tell us where you're from and where, you know, where you, you know, it's like, well, that's the, that's the boring expected part. It's an Let's do something we've never done before and, and, and this vary it. Maybe give the different people a, a chance to each start it so they're involved. It's their thing as well. Well, we, we have 
and we're as we wrap up here, you know, we have Entrecon, and Entrecon was started, um, Dr. Bob, some years back. I um, took some of my money and I created this not for profit. And um, one of the things I really wanted to do was provide people with skill oppor- opportunities to develop their skills, particularly in small businesses, because you know they might not get to go to the big conference, they might not get to you know, travel and hear this in the days we traveled or even pay for many conferences. And our goal was to really introduce them to not only local talent, but get them to hear national um, keynotes that they might not have heard. And of course, you're our, you're our um, keynoter this year. You're our, you're our star of the Entrecon and um, with, you know, yeah, there you go. So tell us if Entrecon, what, what, would you like this audience to take away? Let me explain a little bit about the audience to you. Um, They're normally people that work extremely hard. They're probably got 18 or less employees in their organization. There's a lot of founders, a lot of startups, a lot of people trying to grow their company. And of course, there's going to be some people, some, some, some bigger um, organizations. They, they probably work for a company that because of their size doesn't have an organizational development department or training department. So we try to sort of provide that to them. We have 900 businesses that are part of the Studer Community Institute that come for a number of um, educational topics. And our, our big event every year is Entrecon, which is always you know a way for us to expose them to people that they normally wouldn't be exposed to. Because these are people that can't leave their company for two days or go to a conference and and so on like that. So we try to bring talent like you to them. And we're just thrilled to have you on our docket for for this year. uh, I can check something off my bucket list now. Um, So tell us what you would like the people at Entrecon when you're done to sort of walk away with, if you could. Sure. Well, you know, uh, for any small business, right after cash flow, the most important thing is motivation of people. If you don't have people that are motivated, that see and feel the mission, that are, are there acting as though it's it's their company, they're giving it their, their best, it's not your company's not gonna go anywhere. So you've got to have highly committed people. And so I, I wanna give, I wanna be able to I hope my hope is that everyone leaves with some specific real life techniques in hand to help to help tap into that uh what their people have to offer and how to get the the maximum from them while they're with you and if you do that right um people will stay longer uh and you'll get a reputation for being an employer of choice where people you're you're better able to attract the talent you need that's my hope is I think that'd be wonderful because I, I try to also say, well, if you're a small company, you really can't afford to have somebody that's not engaged because it actually can make or break a company. So the fact that you're going to bring people not, not only reward recognition, but, you know, way to connect to your employees, way to keep them loyal so they don't want to leave. In fact, they want to tell other people how fortunate they are to work for for your small business. So, Dr. Bob, we are let me really just, can I add on just that for one Please. second because that, that is, in my experience, I've worked with all types of companies over the years. That everyone, no matter who they are, no matter they, everyone, the tendency people have is to focus on what they can't do. So if it's you know government, we can't do this. If it's a big company, we can't do this. For small companies, they're the best at, at doing this. To saying, well, well, we can't do that. We don't have budget for this or that. And, 
And I, my message to small businesses is that look around you. You have more at your fingertips than you're giving yourself credit for. You have daily access to your employees. The Wasson can, can see the owners on a daily basis. You have infinite flexibility. There's so many corporations that have a 300 page policy manual. You can't do anything without three approvals. You're not confined by that. Uh, you got my hope is to open their eyes to see the possibilities that are in play. Um, and not to say, well, we, you know, we don't, we don't have money to spend. So this is not a money thing. The best recognition doesn't cost you a dime. And so now if you have some money to spend, you can add on to it, but, but please don't feel it starts with the budget. If we only pay people a little bit further than more than that, they'd be happy. That's not what it's about. If we can treat people better, uh, uh, give them the behavior that makes them feel engaged and valued, then they'll be the happiest and they'll be the most productive as well. Well, it's a great way to close. So we're looking forward to having you at Entrecon and um, thank you for the great impact you've made over the years and made hundreds of thousands of employees' lives better. So thank you very much. Quint, it's an honor to speak with you and to be a part of your conference. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Busy Leaders Podcast, a catalyst for inspired action, hosted by Quint Studer. Please subscribe, rate us, and write a review. For more information, visit thebusyleadershandbook.com.